it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Harburg has been out, Sims has been in, but you still have some challenges on offense. What are some of your answers for the second half? I thought uh, Jeff gave us a spark there. We moved the ball down the field. You know, if it's a different windy day, I might have taken that field goal. We took a chance on fourth and two. Came right back down, ran the double move. I, you could tell I was upset. So I think Jeff's doing a nice job. Heinrich went down with an ankle. He's available probably, but it doesn't look like himself. How do you get some pressure on Tagovailoa in the second half? I, I think it's just about not giving up big plays. I mean, we were, we, you know, to hold them to seven points and a half, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty special. So, uh, but the big plays hurt us there. We are halfway through the show here on a Monday on Herd at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. And even though we're halfway through our show, you're probably a little bit closer to the start of your day than you are the <laughs> middle or the end of it. But regardless what part of the day you're in, it's a good time for the beanery. Give you a little pick-me-up in their four great locations, Gretna, Papillion, Ashland, and now they've got one at 168th and Giles as well. They roast their own coffee, locally owned and operated. They've got you covered if you want hot. Like I know my an- my guy Andrew over here is a hot coffee I don't, guy. I don't drink iced coffee. I'm an iced coffee guy. Maybe you're not a coffee guy at all. They got some frozen specialty drinks. They got all sorts of stuff as well. Muffins, breakfast sandwiches, whatever you can think of. Even if you're vegan or gluten-free, they got some options for you as well. The Beanery serving people coffee. Great uh, people too. Terrific, yeah, uh, absolutely the best. We love our friends over at the Beanery. Um, you know, Sam touched on a ton of good stuff. Like you said, we could have touched, we could have talked to Sam for the entire rest of the show and been perfectly happy about it. Although I am definitely excited to talk to our guys, Jason Cole and Mike DeCourcy later as well. A little NFL, little college basketball. It in. But man, we haven't even gotten to other parts of the offense, much less the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. Um, I know you were you're, you were kind of had some ruminations on the defense as well. Yeah, you know, the defensive line I thought had one of their best games. I thought Nash and Ty uh, really commanded the defensive line. Which thought, only one sack, but I did think they put on a lot of pressure. I thought Shane's boy Omar had a decent game. Omar? Um, yeah. I like to call him Hitstick. I call him Omar Hitstick Brown. Oh, but, I you like know, that. sometimes, like, the good kind of gets washed away on a day like today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want to – dive into all to all bad but I did have one knock on the defense okay 
And I, I'm curious if you noticed it too. Where did the run defense go in the fourth? Yeah, I, that's fair because they did start getting kind of like four, five, six-yard chunk plays. So before the final two Terp drives, mm-hmm. Maryland totaled 17 yards collectively amongst five people. Yeah. 17 yards on the ground. And then on the final two drives, you had one 22-yard run by Talia. Yeah, the longest of the day. And then you had Hemby that just like started running – as if he was Emmett Johnson for Nebraska. <laughs> Ended up with almost the exact same numbers. 74 yards. He had 62 yards on the final two drives. Yeah. And that's how they, like, marched down the field. I was curious if anybody else could pinpoint where the run defense went in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so honestly, I, I just thought it was fatigue. Like, and it could have been, easily. Yeah. Easily could have been fatigue. When I looked at it, you know, there were guys not – quite getting to the ball carrier and meeting them in the same spot you would want them to try ending up having to kind of dive at legs and stuff like that just a half step behind you had it seemed like fewer guys getting to you know how they gang tackle a lot and the pursuit's really good when they're fresh I thought that was just a little bit slower honestly I watched it and I I know exactly what you're talking about because I remember watching it uh, both live and on the rewatch and and thinking you know there's there's some gashes happening here that were not happening for 98% of the game and just looking at it I just thought it was fatigue I I thought they were just on the field for so long Um, you know Maryland ended up with 15 more plays total than Nebraska did uh, 76 to 61 but especially with the turnovers in the second half it really just felt like they ran out of gas. Well, and, and fatigue could be uh, the word I'd been missing to answer that question because I, I wondered if a field goal was, a, was the result of the previous offensive drive instead of an interception. Mm-hmm. If you're up 13-10 opposed to 10-10, does that give your defense enough of a boost to disallow the way Maryland ran the football? Maybe. You know, it's hypothetical. I don't know. Um, no, nobody will be able to answer that question because Nebraska wasn't put in that situation. But maybe you get the lead, you get a little adrenaline rush. You're like, hey, you know, Tony White goes over there, Evan Cooper, you know, our fiery guy, Coop over there goes over and says, hey, you go out there and you win this game right now. Also, does it change the play calling for Maryland? They're down instead of, let's say they ran the ball both those times on first down where Chuba kind of ad-libbed and on third down where it ends up being a interception. Let's say they run on those two plays instead. You're talking another 30 seconds off the clock the first time, probably another 30 seconds off the clock the second time. You're talking instead of, I think they took over with about three minutes left. All of a sudden you're taking over maybe sub two minutes in terms of how much time you have. Maybe they're not even looking at running the ball quite as much if you're in that situation of, uh, hey, we, we kind of have a little less time here. We're down. We do have to score. It's not – because, like, listen, I think Maryland might have been okay going to overtime there. Like, I think they were kind of calling the game in a sense. It's like, yeah, we're going to try and score here, but if we go to overtime, not the end of the world because we don't believe this offense is ever going to score. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're like, hey, I'm taking Tagovailoa. You have that confidence. Yeah, well, you're taking, hey, I'm going to take Tagovailoa and, and our offense against their defense. Their defense is really good, but – the offense is worse than the defense is good. And so 
I kind of looked at that play calling and I was like, okay, I think they're noticing that Nebraska's fatigued. I think they're also okay taking this thing to overtime because you're just trusting that Nebraska can't score touchdowns there. Yeah, I just felt it was ridiculous watching a, a Maryland team, at least Hemby, run the football five times for no yards against Penn State. Yeah. And then turn that into 74 against Nebraska. But a big point to mention there is and frankly, Maryland wasn't beating Penn State. And frankly, having a pretty big – yeah, I mean, he only got five carries, right? Well, so. and, well and when you're down in a game, you're not going to run the football right. to eat the clock. So, yes, that's, a, that's another point to add to the, to the mix of things. But all in all, when you look at a total defense that well, – what, what, what's Nebraska in the rushing category? Third? Third in all of college football in, in run defense. Something like that, Something yeah. close to that. that um, Third or sixth, that, something like that. Yeah. If, if it does end up being fatigue, mm-hmm. then you really have to do some soul-searching altogether as a team this week and say, how do we avoid that from happening? Um, not, not your defense. I'm saying, how, how do you collectively come together as a group and decide, okay, here's how we're going to be successful. Here's how we can manage the game. Here's how we can control the clock so that even in a time when it's 10-10 and we've turned the ball over five times, our defense isn't forced to go out there and outperform their capacity. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the easy answer there is you keep the ball more on offense, right? Like Nebraska, it was so bad on Saturday – that any Nebraska drive that didn't end in a turnover felt like a victory. Like it felt like a tiny little win every time Nebraska just had to punt the ball as opposed to turning it over and giving it back to Merrill in that way. So even if you're in a situation where it's like, hey, not even talking about scoring. I'm talking about getting like two first downs so you take a couple minutes off the clock and give your defense an actual break and maybe flip the field a little bit if Bushini can you know, actually kick the ball, but whatever. Um, <laughs> We haven't even gotten into that yet. Any any of the you know special team stuff, which I thought was better than it was against Michigan State, but it gets over everything gets overshadowed by mm-hmm. uh, by mm-hmm. the the turnover issue. But yeah, I, I, like even just being able to say, hey, we need to give our defense a little bit of a break. Play that complimentary football where you're talking about like, hey, we're running the ball well. Let's continue to run the ball well. Let's, con- let's shorten this game. So, yeah, our defense might be on the field way more than our offense, but that's even going to be shorter because we're shortening the game by playing complimentary football. Right. Turning the ball over five times isn't, doesn't complement anything except for losing. And putting yourself in a position to turn it over that many times or just not teaching things in a way where that is a thing that's happening over and over and over again that, to me, is what you can do better to help your defense. Well, outside of fatigue, there's another F word I thought about that could have been the cause of what we saw. Uh-oh. And it's frustration. <laughs> that, sure. I think the defense, uh, low-key, they may not have shown it, but all in, they could have been easily frustrated with how things have been resulting on offense well, to be like, why is this always on us? Sp- why is it always me? And then that type of negative attitude could turn into maybe a few flaws. I'm not saying sure. that that's what ended up happening, but I think frustration and fatigue played into what you saw. I think there's a natural inclination, right? Especially the way that last couple drives played out, right? So Maryland drives down the field, the defense bails them out, gets a stop, and a turnover inside the red zone for Maryland, right? Inside the five for Maryland, right? Then they go all the way down the field. They give the offense an opportunity. They're like, hey, we saved it here. We've given you an opportunity. Even if it's not a negative attitude, it's just subconsciously there has to be some level of frustration there. 
from from the defense, and it's it's totally understandable. And, and look, frustration changes your game. Coming changes up next, the way you play. We're going to talk a little bit of NFL football with Jason Cole here on Herd at Sports Radio.